Texas Stretch on an open request line on K Oakland, Burke Burnett, Texas, Red River Rock and Roll. From the tip. Welcome back to another episode of the Splatterhouse Podcast. We're your hosts, Ryan. And Sean. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the 1986 classic, well, classic in my opinion, uh, the black Mine. comedy uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. One of the ones, I'm really excited about doing this one. So this is uh, one of my favorite movies. I think it was the first movie I ever saw in Joe Bob, where... I just kind of flipped through the channels. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then, but I already knew about Chainsaw Massacre, but I didn't even know that there was a sequel back in the day. So, yeah, um, this film, again, if uh, you watched the introductory episode, um, I talked about how, you know, I saw the 03 remake and then I went out and essentially sought out the other ones. And for some reason, the second one, even though I didn't understand it at the time because I was maybe like nine or eight years old watching it, it was just one of those one movies I just kept watching it again and again and again and slowly started to fall in love with that film for even though it is wacky it is bizarre for sure and it's a totally different direction than the original chainsaw i've just always enjoyed it's just one of those movies i can just put on anytime and just sit back and just enjoy even after i've seen it you know maybe 10 times or more yeah this is one of those movies that's i think the reason that it's grown on people over the years is because of the performances given the music is just, like, that new vinyl release that's out that we'll talk about later is just, I mean, it's 90 minutes of music that was made for this movie that I don't even think the editing on it is 90 minutes. It's around there, but, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and then you've got that rock soundtrack in the background, too, That and then the set design on it, which obviously we'll get into, but there's so much stuff going for this film, and I'm glad that it finally found its audience because I can remember when it was extremely hated almost it was like the thing where people hated it for years where i can remember seeing the thing and everyone was like the, the movie fucking sucks and no you need to reevaluate that because it doesn't suck um this is one of those movies that's like in the top 10 probably miss most misunderstood horror films and it deserves the everything it's getting now it completely deserves Oh, I agree for sure. I mean, the whole cult following of this film, it's just been one that's been slowly brewing and growing over time. Um, Honestly, I remember, granted, this was back in 2003, 2004. uh, I had a buddy of mine who used to be a huge horror fan, just like I am now, and he used to say, Chainsaw 2, you just watched that last night? That movie sucks balls. And I'm just like, what? And... Then uh, later on, you know, as I started watching more of them, I would get to Next Generation. I'm like, okay, if any of them suck, man, this would be my you know counter argument to him. If any of them suck, it's Next Generation sucks. But honestly, that one, 
kind of has slowly grown on me a little bit. The only issue that I have with Next Generation, really, is just the portrayal of Leatherface in that movie. Honestly, Leatherface, he's kind of more of a, a wimp or a, a straight-up wuss in that movie. Well, that's because Matthew McConaughey is such a bad motherfucker in that movie. Exactly. And he's crazy and puts on one of the best performances of the whole series, in my opinion. The guy is just unbelievable in that movie. And the fact that he, I mean, his publicist and Renee Zellweger, like all of their their backing team tried to keep that movie from coming out is like, and now he looks back on it and he's like, well, the movie wasn't very good, but he really, I mean, I think he just gave an interview here where somebody asked him about it recently where I read about it. And he actually like, I, I think he tolerates the movie now for his performance in it. So that's It's good. Yeah. So for one, uh, one of the biggest things that people, you know, when they look at this film, based off the first one, the first one came out, of course, back in, was it 73, 74? 74. 74. Um, There was this huge 12-year gap between the first film and the second one, which there's multiple reasons, of course, why there was this huge gap in between the first film and the second film. Uh, Part of it, I guess, would say, you know, is... um, Hooper not want to be typecasted as specifically the guy who just done Texas Chainsaw. Um, another thing too with that is they made no money off the first movie. Just yeah, they, they made nothing. He, what he did though is he built a legacy off that first movie because that first movie it took a year or two for it to catch on, but he got other jobs because of that movie. So, I mean, yeah, I've read that too. I read the uh, Gunnar Hansen book where they promised all this money and they never saw a dime of any of it yeah chainsaw confidential i've listened to the audiobook read by hansen and uh it was a really really good audiobook in my opinion and it's one that i even still go back and listen to just because it's phenomenal uh all the information that i'm waiting for the mosley one (laughs) because oh yeah he's so articulate for people that have not met bill mosley when you walk up to him, you're expecting his House with Thousand Corpses characters and Chopped Up and everything. He's not like that at all. He's no. the most grounded, nice man that you'll ever meet. And the first time I met him, his hair was all short. And he already, if you look at him next to a picture of Jim Carrey, they could be he could be Jim Carrey's stunt double. And that's, I was like, like holy crap. <laughs> yeah, he's something else. The other thing I was reading about this movie... The first horror convention I ever went to, I think I was telling Ryan off camera here a couple of weeks ago, I met Sid Haig in the bathroom. Like I, I drove there for like two hours and I go into the urinal and I'm standing there and the, the guy next to me is Sid Haig. And I turned like, oh, wow. You know, and he, he looked at me and he did that ah, thing from the movie at the urinal. And I apologized to him. I'm like, I just, I've never... I wasn't expecting you to be standing there, Sid. And, you know, so when I went in, the first person I met when I walked in was Lou Perryman, who plays LG in Chainsaw 2. And I guess I didn't realize how important he is to this film because he's me, like, a little bit, where he's a little crude, if you know me at all. And he he is absolutely in love with Stretch. And Mm -hmm. when you meet him everything that you see on camera is Lou Perryman. It's not, he's not acting at all. He's playing himself, the little fry house thing and all the things he says The you know, I may have a heart ass. Me? 
Well, maybe a semi-hard ass, but I got a soft heart. All that. And he's absolutely in love with her character. And she was next to him. Like, and he's just sitting there, and he's still in love with her to the day. And I was reading last night that I didn't know that he, I knew he had died, but I didn't know anything about it. But um, I guess this this podcast, I guess I'm putting it in honor of Lou Perryman, because he was uh, murdered by someone that was off their meds and tried to steal his car. And um, the the stuff behind it is really, like, really heartbreaking that I was reading about it. So the guy's in jail yeah. for the rest of his life, but... Um, look that up. I mean, there's some really messed up stuff behind that. And his daughter came out and went, you know, full on, like, let's, and she actually didn't want the guy to be executed because of how mentally ill the guy was, but, mm-hmm. which is kind of endearing in itself. But yeah, Google it if you have, if you don't know anything about it. And I, I was lucky enough to meet him. He gave me some buttons. I had an autograph or I do have an autograph here. Like, I, I think I've met everybody from Chainsaw that other than Hopper that was alive and Hooper. So. Yeah, um, it, it's really sad because, uh, for one, if I'm not mistaken, the way that he was sadly murdered, it's very similar, but not 100% to how he dies actually in Chainsaw 2. Yeah. To, to an and extent. It's slightly different, but it's, to, yeah, it's still I read, sad. I was like, holy crap. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up is if you do meet anybody from this movie you will never meet a group of people prouder of a film. And I think that they, every one of them I met from Bill Johnson on, I met LG, like I I had never met Hopper, but I know Hopper was extremely proud of the film as well. So it's just, it's kind of funny that all these people were like, you know, that movie's good. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Cause I've heard stories of people going up to them at conventions and being like, that movie kind of sucks. And, but now the movie's considered a classic and I love that. Right, and one last thing about uh, Lou, um, he actually, for those of you who may or may not know, he actually was part of the crew for the original Chainsaw 2, and I think that's part of how he got involved, of course, with Chainsaw 2, is the fact that he helped uh, with the crew on the first film. Yeah, he kind of, well, and he pops up like um, in other Hooper films, like Poltergeist, he's the guy that has got like yeah. their window open, and he's grabbing stuff out of her kitchen and eating <laughs> when she comes down. <laughs> So he was an Austin actor that showed up in a lot of stuff and helped with films. And like, he actually was in a couple movies where his acting was like, he very critically acclaimed. And, but like I said, it was one of the nicest people I met. I mean, that convention, I had so many cool things happen to me while I was there that I played guitar hero with the little kid from the Rob Zombie Halloween and beat him. And then like, he remembered me like 15 years later. Where he's like, I remember you were the only one who could beat me that day. And he's like, I remember you had more hair. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, I met him like Jason Muse used my cell phone that day. I, that was the one where I was in the elevator that that ended up breaking. And I got stuck with Roddy Piper for like 15 minutes. Um, I took an acting class with Bill Johnson that day, actually, while I was there. So it was a cool convention. And like, I always remember the, the Sid Haig part of it and the Lou Perryman part where I kind of came in. And it was just like, I talked to him and I was just like, I mean, the only thing I can put up there, I met the guy that does the voice for Oogie Boogie in Nightmare Before Christmas, and you walk up to him, and he starts talking, and it's Oogie Boogie. There's no, like, you normally see these guys, and they, like, will go, and they do the voice, and they have to actually do it. It's not at all. Like, I just went, oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, other than, um, I mean, the film entirely, you were talking about earlier about how everybody has such great performances, um, 
you know, Jim Seedow, in my opinion, oh. he, he he steals the show for most of it, except for the only person that probably comes close, if not right there with him, of course, is Bill Mosley. I mean, they have such great dialogue and chemistry throughout the entire film, especially where they just keep insulting each other in uh, some of the deleted scenes I'll talk about later. The, the, yeah. Their back and forth is like, and you're not supposed to be laughing. And you're like, that's why the first time I saw him, I'm like, what the fuck? Even the interactions, my favorite interactions is when Dennis Hopper shows up in the film at the end where he comes oh, in yeah. and like the whole back and forth there is like, it's like a goddamn comedy. And my, I think my, one of those scenes where like he's up at the top and he jumps down and then he comes into frame. So obviously they had a stunt double that jumped and then he just walked into frame and the, you know, who the hell are you? And I'm the Lord of the Harvest. There's so many yeah. funny lines in there that... <laughs> I don't care who sent you. I'm the Lord of the Harvest. Who's that? Some new health food bunch? Come on. The small businessman always gets it in the ass is like one of my favorite lines. And like, I actually will use that. I've used it on my social media account and stuff where people are like, chainsaw. Like, yep. Yep. The movie, the movie is extremely quotable. If you, if you have not oh, seen is. the movie, just like stop the podcast right now, go watch it and then come back. Cause we're going to ruin the movie for you probably oh, yeah. we are for sure uh the whole film one of the premises like you know in the first one there is this uh you know focus on essentially the animals being slaughtered and they're compared you know in the first film humans are being compared to as cattle essentially there's that whole sort of comparison between that and in this movie, it kind of, in my opinion, focuses more sort of on, like, the Reagan era, you know, because there's a lot of focus in the beginning, and it would have been originally even more focused on that with uh, a deleted scene later on with the uh, yuppies, as they're called, uh, being slaughtered in the uh, garage parking lot. So yeah, that, that's that kind of... They took over Texas, and Toby did not like it, like, from yeah. what, I, what I've read about the film. There's something, like... Within the last, like, three weeks, there has been announcements all over social media about how Netflix is going to do two more Chainsaw movies, and we're we're fresh off the new Chainsaw movie, and I think people's expectations on these horror movies is so high, because there's a new one coming out that, like, it, when you really think about it, it's kids pulling up in front of a house that has cannibal killers in it, and there's a Chainsaw. And I, I don't know if people are expecting The Godfather Part 4 or, like, Citizen Kane 2 or, or what the fuck people's expectations are for these films, but it, it's a cannibal killer movie. How You can't... I mean, they basically have remade the same movie over and over again, and the only thing that is going to nail it is tone and, and the one-liners in it now is to the point that we are at as a society. That new movie... There's some really cool shit in that movie, and there's some stuff that I just shook my head, and I was like, they could have edited that out, and it makes me wonder if a bunch of horror fans got together and did these movies. Like, if somebody just won the lottery and was like, here's $30 million. I, I want to find the, the 30 biggest geeks about this movie and put them into a room and make the movie with one, like, Marcus Nisbell, the guy that did the remake, what they would come out with, because, in my opinion, the best Chainsaw movie other than the original Chainsaw is Chainsaw 2. And it's because he took and expanded on the original, and he did, like, it's a great sequel. That ranks up there, like, when you talk about great sequels, like The Godfather 2, and 
um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head here at six, six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but they, I don't know what people are expecting anymore. And like, I was wondering what your thoughts are on that as well, because the story is so basic and people are the expectations now with these horror sequels. It's like, I'm just excited to see it get back on the screen and everything that else is, that's going to ensue from it, you know, like this, the soundtracks and like the new music and the new characters and stuff that they're going to come up with in this new one. The only, the thing that they did the best is they found characters that you wanted to see die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so when this movie first came out, like I had some hope for it and I did have some hype for it. You know, I was excited for it, but I was also kind of nervous about it too, especially with it being a Netflix exclusive. Cause when it comes to Netflix, you, you really don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes they pull out some bangers, you know, like Stranger Things is very popular, Squid Games, things like that. But when it comes to these films that Netflix puts out, you know, they're kind of, eh. And I think this, there one were, bought, this one was bought by them after the fact, I thought. Yeah, that's how a lot of... That's how a lot of their movies are, from my understanding, is either if they don't make them themselves, they buy them that are already made. Um, But my problems with the movie, other than, um, of course, the the tone of the film, I mean, it's kind of similar in a sense. Like, the way it's shot, it's shot very well. Like, I I do give it that. It's shot very well. Uh, The effects in the movie are really good. Um, my biggest problem with it is just the whole beginning of it with like, why are all these people come to this town? Like, and who can relate to these social, you know, influencers or whatever, who buy a whole town in the middle of Texas? Like who does that other than, you know, someone like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or somebody, um, that, that instantly maybe like for one, okay, I can't relate to these people at all. Cause I mean, shoot, I'm working a nine to five job. I can't relate to it at all. Um, another thing too, was the fact that on social media, I don't know if, um, you follow this or not, Sean, but they were saying that they used a saw from the original Texas chainsaw. And I think, honestly, it's kind of a bunch of baloney. For one, the director kind of was parading it around like, oh, yeah, this is the real deal, and it's heavy, and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, heavy, it's a chainsaw. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a real, legit chainsaw. Uh, the For, for one, and, and this is what kind of got me really irritated about the whole movie was just that. Even before the movie came out, when I saw this, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Um for for one, if you look up anything like on any uh, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like official Facebook page, um, there is in one regard. I remember there was a uh, post they done around Christmas time, and it was like all I want for Christmas is like a poolin, and it's like the specific model that is used in the original movie. And even Gunner says it's a, the same thing. They like, it's that specific model in his book Chainsaw Confidential, but it's slightly Real modified. Specific. The 306A, I believe, modified, yes. and they're still fighting about it, saying it's a 345. And yes. Gunner even said it's a 306A that was modified to be able to go on one pull because mm-hmm. anyone that's ever started a chainsaw knows that that I, I, can't get, I can't even get a fucking weed eater to start that fast, <laughs> right? So, Unless if it's electric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
but yeah, like whenever I heard that, it it just it grinded my gear so much that the fact that they're even saying that it's the original one, it's like, dude, come on! Like, if anything, saying stuff like that, you're gonna piss off the hardcore fans. If anything, yeah, like the- I mean, I, I would rather you try to make one that is similar or look or say, hey, you know. We're, we're using, you know, as close as we can to the original. That's that's fine with me. But when you're saying you're using the real official thing, that's like saying, oh, yeah, we're using the original Freddy Glove from Nightmare on Elm Street 1, or, oh, we're going to use the original Hunter's Knife from Scream 1 for the new Scream. Like, give yeah. me a break. Well, and if you remember during the movie, which I know we're getting off on a new Chainsaw yeah. tangent here, but it's all relevant, I think, to Chainsaw 2 in showing how great this film is. <laughs> um, I agree. There's a scene, like, number one, I didn't like the mask that they're using um, in this movie. Obviously, he just rips it off somebody and everything. The scene that got that I checked out on, though, was he starts beating on the wall and pulls the chainsaw out of the wall. And he goes down, and I don't know what the fuck he does to this thing, but anybody that's ever had a tool that sat in a, in a garage or a shed for too long knows that you're not going to start that thing. Because probably all the little shit, the little tubes and everything and there's going to be rotted out and he's going around killing people with this thing and he's got a bum leg he's how old like the way he jumps out of that water i'm 44 i couldn't have done that shit in my 20s the way he jumps out of the water and grabs that person at the end and i'm like bullshit like i, I well, was like a i was like seriously like a fucking wrestling crowd i got signs of bullshit <laughs> and the girl with the hair with the curl like i'm just like kill her like i, I mean they managed to, I just was on a Quentin Tarantino podcast about um, Death Proof, and we were talking about the two sets of girls in that film, and the reason that the girls at the end of the film, in the car that you're rooting for them to get, Kurt Russell, which I would never ever do in any movie other than Death Proof, where I'm like, kill Kurt Russell, the first set of girls are so fucking annoying, and I hate them so bad, and don't want to hang out, I, I'd see them at a bar and be like, can we please fucking go and get away from these bitches? That's the reason that I want them to die, and that's he found, they found a whole bus full of these fucking kids and put them in this movie. And I'm like, I hope he kills everybody in that bus. And even my 17 year old, who is like, oh my god, everybody needs to live here and be happy, is like, kill these motherfuckers. And <laughs> that was the, there's the problem with all these movies, I think, where they don't have anybody likable. Even the the um the one that they did, not I think it's the 3D one. The main character, um, the girl that was in True Detective, I don't even know how to say her name, with the dark hair and the blue eyes, like, she was likable. Um, the remake... There's, the, there's the that remake, one cringy I, line, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, well, Do your thing, cuz. Well, and there's lines through the whole fuck. Like, they don't know how to write these scripts, I think. And then, like, the remake, there's a couple likable characters in there. I like the Jessica Biel character and then her boyfriend until he gets his face cut off. But I like the sheriff even more, <laughs> and it's because of who it is. I mean, obviously, Arlie you know, Army. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh my yeah, fucking Full Metal Jacket and the Frighteners and Seven. There's been so many good movies that the guy steals every scene he's in in these Chainsaw movies. Where I'm like, Leatherface is an afterthought, and that's how good he is of an actor. Mm. But I mean, I, like I think I said on the introductory episode, I will find a positive in just about any movie. And there was some stuff I really, really liked about the new Chainsaw. There's stuff I like about Part Three, where there's people that consider Part Three the worst one. I remember when that was like a pariah, you know. Like I'm old enough to remember where they, when it came out on VHS, like everybody just avoided it because it was like it, it, the darkest horror film ever made, and blah blah blah. And there's like there's a 
huge legacy behind that one as well. You know, the two different versions of the film and they toned it down and like the guy got fired like every day. They'd walk in, fire the director. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, back to Chainsaw 2. Um, yeah, yeah, this is a, a, it's a film classic and we're going to go through it now. Like, so go ahead. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, the beginning of the film starts off with uh, the two yuppies. There's, of course, the one in the cardigan that looks like your typical Chad. And then there's the uh, other one who has these uh, crazy-looking glasses. I've always wanted to find a pair of those glasses. Those were, just... those were huge in the 80s, and you're not old enough to know that, where you could go into any gas station, and they, they're they basically like hologram ones that had yeah. eyes on the back of the – on the, the outside of the glasses, and you literally could buy them anywhere. Like I think I had a pair. Nice. Yeah, they're going down the road, and they're heading to the uh, Texas OU football game in Dallas, and uh, as they're saying, hook them horns and everything, as they're calling uh, the radio station to talk to Stretch, and they start saying some of like, the cringiest uh, lines that kind of crack me up, though, like, uh, uh, what was it, they're wanting to play Bright Lights and something, and he's like, I don't want to hear it. And before that, too, they even uh, play chicken with uh, some... They just assume it's just, oh, hey, let's just, you know, play chicken with the farmer's truck here. But it's not a farmer's truck. It is the most redneck truck you'll ever see in the history of cinema. So, (laughs) in Texas, on a back road. Yep. And then come to find out uh, later when they're going across uh, the bridge when they're uh, calling K-O-K-L-A, I think that's the name of it, K-O-K-L-A. K-O-K-L-A. And Burke Burnett. Yep. Um, they, of course, are talking again to uh, Stretch, and you get the classic uh, chainsaw and uh, the whole sequence over the bridge, um, which that that's one of the best sequences in the entire movie, in my opinion. And uh, Bob Elmore, oh my gosh, his uh, stunt work in this movie is awesome, in my opinion. He doesn't get yeah. enough credit for it, I don't that think. Is, yeah, they always joke that it's the longest bridge of all time, and then you go see the bridge, and it's literally like they're just driving on a loop. They had to have done that 40 times up and down that to film the whole thing. Right. Um, I mean, there's just... It's, it looks so long in the movie, but yeah, again, they just keep going back and forth over and over it, which I think as of recently, that bridge, like, you can't drive over it now. Like, they've closed it off as just, like, a walking-only bridge or something now, yeah. I've heard. Yeah, I um, hope they leave it. Like, there's certain bridges in film history like that one, that, like, the Stand By Me, the tr- the trellis that they run across is, like, fucking derelict and it's like roped off and i think it's going to be demolished here soon like the lost boys one is still in use thank god there's there's just certain ones that i hope this bridge stays i know that right now in austin where the original chainsaw house was i mean it's like commercial development coming in behind it just like like a wave coming behind it and they're trying to get something to commemorate that because there's nothing left like the the stuff on social media where people are going, they're trying to collect anything that they can because it's going to be gone, like, completely. They're grabbing little blocks of the road and everything else because there's going to be nothing left of it in, they think, five years, and it'll be completely gone, where yeah, in that movie, it's, you know, you can see the town and stuff behind it now where, like, even the radio station building is gone. Um, the There's stuff from the movie, so, yeah. Dude, how many cats do you have? In total, three. 
Jeez, like you guys can't see it, but like about every two minutes, this cat will just run in front of his face on my screen, and I'm like, like there's a couple times on the last one where I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, um, that's our our youngest one, June. Um, we got her about a year ago, and uh, she is that just a one year old cat, so she's pretty much still kind of a kitten. You know, she's really curious; she'll jump up on the desk and stuff. So I do apologize if you catch any. Uh, of her making her little noises and stuff in the background or hear her running around like a squirrel who's just like took a big old gulp of Mountain Dew or something because I mean she's just <laughs> nutty sometimes <laughs> you but, can edit you can edit this out if you want it just kind of like every couple minutes this cat will jump into frame I know she does it it's hilarious um, but back to the movie uh, for one one of the other original family members, I guess you could say, that makes an appearance that some people, you know, first watch this, I didn't catch the connection at all, is Nubbins, the hitchhiker from the first movie. Yep, he got, uh, got ran over by a semi at the end of the film. Yeah, because he's dead, which, again, you know, I'm first watching, like, was it just like a random corpse or something, you know, that's holding the chainsaw? No, no. it's it's Nubbins. It's Nubbins from the first movie, but uh, Leatherface somehow has, like, wrapped his wrists around his wrists and is basically dancing around with him like a marionette puppet with uh, a chainsaw. (laughs) Yeah, to Oingo Boingo in the background. Which I did uh, say the soundtrack for this film is thumping, so... (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. Um, Do you get that great effect, too, when uh, finally uh, Nubbins gets shot in the face and you reveal, oh, it's Leatherface behind Nubbins, uh, when he gets pissed off about that, starts actually taking the chainsaw to the car door and then to the convertible roof and then eventually gets the uh, one yuppie that looks like um, a Chad with his uh, cardigan sweater um, right across the head, which was a pretty great effect by which the Tom first time, The first time I saw this, that wasn't in there because it was on TV, which I, I've, in my old age, I call it the Blues Brothers effect. Because I've seen the Blues Brothers so many times on TV that the first time I saw it on DVD or Blu-ray, it, I was like, they swear through the whole movie. And I've never seen it on, you know, like where there's not just profanity laced through the whole movie. And that I call it the Blues Brothers effect. It, yeah. for, for me, my brother does, my dad does too now. But um, I never got to see that effect. And then I saw, it. I think the first Blue maybe dvd release the one with the it's like a gray cover with a chainsaw laying and um oh, like, oh my god there's a couple of them in, in this film you know that they do that that was heavily edited on the joe bob briggs original cast but yet they leave they left in the scene where he kicks the wall and the guts come flying out which yeah never understood that but i guess uh the sawyers were uh, storing some stuff uh, for their chili for ah. the next chili cook-off you know I think I told you, like, that the same scene that grossed me out, my daughter was watching, and I look up, and she's just like, oh, are you kidding me, Dad? <laughs> I'm like, this movie's awesome, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things, too, which uh, is something interesting, I think it's the first movie, too, because during this whole scene with uh, the yuppies getting killed by Leatherface, and then the car crashes off the bridge, um, Stretch and... Uh, is it LG? Yeah, LG, LG. the uh, Lou Perryman character. Uh, he, uh, they all listen to it. It's all recorded on air. So I think, as far as I can recall, that's the first movie that I've seen where another character listens to someone die, essentially, or records it in any way, shape, or form. 
It's very. It's a. It's a clever script point that you know comes into play even more later after they get going, because I think after this is when the, I think the chili competition and or, actually now, it cuts it cuts to Dennis Hopper I think. Yeah, it? It, it does. That's where he's going at the uh, car crash scene slash murder scene, and he's talking of course to the. Um, detective in charge who's like ah this ain't part of the chainsaw killings blah 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 and all this other stuff and he's just like dismissing it and dennis makes of course the great line yeah they were going so fast that they uh cut their heads off essentially yeah. they were going so fast like Blow their own heads off yeah. raise hell yeah hopper in this movie is unbelievable anybody that says otherwise is probably gonna end up getting in a fist fight with me so this is <laughs> Uh, this was my first, like, where I really got to see Dennis Hopper at his best when, you know, because he disappeared for a long time because he was having drug problems. Right. But, yeah, it's extremely good movie, which w- this came out in 86. It was the same year, I think, as Blue Velvet, which is his crowning achievement of lunacy on film. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't seen. Yeah. You guys think he's fucking nuts in this movie. Watch Blue Velvet. Oh, my God. Yes. But, uh. Then going from that, um, they go, of course, to the Chili Cook-Off. And that's where we get our first uh, look at Drayton Sawyer. You know, 12 years after the first film, he's still, you know, all businessman type. and uh, That suit. Know. The suit is, oh my god. And it totally fits. He's wearing, like, this plaid checkered suit that you'd get at Savers now that you're like, look at this shit. And he's wearing it. Normal outfit in the movie. Yeah, and I don't know what it is, but, like, just the way, like, he picks up that trophy and it's got the chili bowl on top oh, with the chili in it, and he's I leaning that, up. I want that trophy so bad. <laughs> right? And he's leaning it up against his chest and chili just getting all over his jacket. He's like, yeah, I won this trophy. It's mine. I'm the best, you know? I don't know. Just the chili getting on that suit just kind of disturbed me a little bit. Like, ew. Like, who... who who wants chili all over a nice well, suit like that? Not only that, but like the whole undertones of the cannibalism part is the son of a bitch made chili and took it to a chili cook-off with human remains in it. Right. It, uh, it, it's something that totally went over my head like the first like 20 times I've seen this movie out of the 100 times I've probably seen it. Right. Look out <laughs> so, for those uh, hard shell peppercorns, as he says. Yeah, like, and the, the woman that announces it, she's like, I think he's kind of cute. And it's like... <laughs> No, he's not, okay? Like, there's one woman, there's two women, his wife and his mother, who think that this man is attractive, <laughs> you know? So, and, he's, and I heard, like, I've, any video you've ever seen, if you've ever seen, like, Chainsaw Massacre, The Shocking Truth, like, he gives interviews, he is the nicest old man. It's like my grandpa. And then he yeah. gets in front of the camera and just goes, he's completely out of his mind. <laughs> yeah. The laugh and like the laughing scene when he's driving and laughing is one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it, it, it like it just shows how crazy he is. You know, yeah. After he wins the <laughs> like after he wins the chili kickoff and he's like Sawyer's yeah. are number one. Yeah. And his like, you coon shits the way he's yelling at him on the phone and stuff. Well, what channel? Oh my he gosh. just completely stops. Like... Yeah, and he does that whole like straight up one eighty turn kind of like the. Uh, was it like a C10 uh, Chevrolet truck in the first movie? Just does that total 180 spin, which I noticed this like maybe the fourth or fifth time I've seen that movie. There's a bone on top of the radio. That's like the handle for that radio that he has in the van. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, I never <laughs> noticed that. Yeah. And, <clears throat> yeah, I'll have to look for that next time. There's so much background stuff in these movies that the set directors are amazing on these films. That Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but getting a little ahead there uh, with the whole uh, scene with the uh, van. Uh, before that, though, um, Stretch goes and actually hunts down uh, Lieutenant uh, Lefty. And has a tape. Well, in right, but call me Lefty, as he says. Um, He uh, he's in a hotel room, and of course, you get that nice little cameo of Toby Hooper walking across uh, in front of her. He's got, of course, like two cans of Dr Pepper on one of those hats with like the straw hanging outside, and he's got a cigar in his mouth because those are two things that Toby Hooper is known for: is his love of Dr Pepper and cigars, and. she goes to the door, knocks on the door, and she's trying to explain, like, hey, I've, I run this radio station, and I've got, you know, the um, recording of those two guys being killed. Like, this is some serious evidence stuff that you could use, and I want to get out of radio. I want to do something real, which I don't know if you catch this at all on Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw 3, but right where there's that huge scene with all the mass graves, that reporter, reporter, yeah, she's yeah. the reporter, so... And it's funny, too, because they dismissed that in the third movie, like what happened in the second movie. That's another thing, too, that kind of confuses fans sometimes. Like, are the, is this actually the third one? Because, again, you said they remake them, it seems like, after the second yeah. movie. That's, and it's one of those social media memes where it's like the most fucked up lineage of, you know, like you can't track it from one movie to another. And it's like, I don't I don't need it to. Like, yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't need to see... Because it's good... <laughs> Someone's got to get away because you can't just kill everyone off. You can, but you, you know, like, yeah, we talked about it. It's just, it's one of the, no one's ever going to, I don't think you can end that first one is like the Mount Rushmore of horror films. It's considered like, it's in, if it's not in your top three, you're not, I don't think you're a true horror fan or you haven't watched it in the right light. And there's no way to follow that up. There's no way. It's like, um, Dr. Sleep. Doctor Sleep is an immaculate movie. I love the film. I love the book. It, does it stand up to The Shining? No, it doesn't, and it shouldn't. It's a, it's its own film on its own merits without that. But it just it's a continuation, and the book is even better than the original Shining. I think I've read the book now. I think four times, like because I'm a fucking fanatic of that storyline. But I just listened to it again, and, and I watched rewatched the director's cut of that, and it's like it's never gonna live up to the original film. And I think that that's some of the problems with this whole franchise, is that that first film is so polarizing as on how good it is. That I mean, we talked about it before on one of the previous episodes that we did, where like I, I consider it art. It's like Picasso trying to outdo you know his greatest painting. It's just it's not gonna right. happen, and. That's the problem with this, that, that right there, that's the problem with this entire franchise. I think I just summed it up. I could write a fucking doctorate on it at this point. Yeah. Um, but of course, Lefty, um, I think he's supposed to be drunk or something in the scene. He um, kind of yeah, dismisses they, her. They allude to it because the, there's a underlying story like that was deleted out of the script where Stretch is supposed to be his daughter. Yeah. And, um, which I'm so glad they took out because it would have been, how fucking far reaching can you get at this point? But it is Chainsaw yeah. 2, so. 
Yeah. That's one of the things that I am glad that they did cut out of the movie. Um, I, I do agree. That that would have been really hard to kind of explain, too, I think. Like, okay, randomly these two characters are father and daughter. But anyway, he dismisses her and tells her, you know, like, leave me alone, etc. But then later on, come to find out, um, he's at the radio station waiting for her, and it's like, you know, pl play that one more time on the radio, and essentially he uses her as bait to yeah, and bring the family to her. What he's having her do, if you haven't seen the film, is play the murder of these two kids, because the kids wouldn't hang up the phone while they were being murdered, so she's got the whole thing out, like he said, he's got it out. So it's just all you hear is chainsaw and tire squealing and people and screaming. <laughs> and they're playing this on the radio. Oh, and gunshots, too. You hear gunshots because they're shooting. Yeah, them. yeah. And, like, yeah. <laughs> so that's what she's playing on the radio, and which leads to the next part of the film. Which, again, I think is the best part of the movie, uh, next to the ending of the movie, the finale, is uh, a stretch she comes out from recording. LG's went to go get some coffee, and... All of a sudden, there's this guy sitting there, and he's got, like, a clothes hanger and a lighter, and he's just looking at her like, uh, uh, I, 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 I'm your number one fan, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, of like, course, that is Chop Talk. And the first time I saw that, I was like, what the f Like, and if you think the Hitchhiker, Hitchhiker is extremely effective in the first movie. He just adds that creepiness factor to it, like, what the fuck is this? The first time you see it. Yeah. Chop Top is that... Like, the Hitchhiker's at, like, a five. They t Chop Top is turned up, which Bill Mosley got the part by, he did a film called The Texas Chainsaw Manicure. Yeah. And, which I've never seen. I've seen little bits and pieces of it in some of the documentaries and stuff where people have found it. And they, somehow Toby Hooper had gotten, you know, a copy of it and said, if I ever do a sequel, I'm going to write you in. And then 10 years later did it. And, mm -hmm. you know, the rest is history because Mosley now is considered, like, a horror icon, which I'm so happy he is because he deserves it. For sure. I mean, that, that scene alone, um, that role, is what got Bill Mosley on the map. I mean, for one, if it wasn't for that role, he wouldn't have gotten in with Rob Zombie with House Thousand Corpses. There would be no Otis um, yeah, because of that, and he was and, just been the, he was the bad guy. Like he played like a boss hog character in the new Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, that, um, Prisoners of the Ghost Land, Prisoner Land, or what, whatever. Yeah. I didn't. That's the only Nicolas Cage like movie that has come out in like the last five years that I was like, uh, I may have to revisit it. But um, in the meantime, he was in a Clint Eastwood movie, The Pink Cadillac. He did that mm -hmm. that I remember seeing him in, but. Um, I think his best performance, other than this leading up to everything, he was in the Night of the De Living Dead remake, where he did the Johnny yeah. character, and he is so good at it. Like, yeah, way underutilized there for a lot of years, that the amount of movies he could have been doing and wasn't. What's funny, too, is, speaking of, uh, you know, House of Thousand Corpses, the reason why... Uh, Rob Zombie casted him was apparently he was a winning he was winning some like award that year I can't remember what it where it was or what it was essentially and Bill Mosley was the presenter dressed up as Chop Top and Rob was like man you you look great you look just like you know the guy who was uh, Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw 2 and I love that character and uh, later on you know uh, Bill Mosley explained like yeah I I am him, and if it wasn't for that too, he wouldn't have got you know the role of Otis in House of Thousand Corpses. 
I, I heard that story too, and then he just nails it in that movie. But um, the thing that I got in between all this is very few. I don't know how many people actually know this. He is in a band called Cornbugs with Buckethead. Yep. And the music. If you don't know who Buckethead, Buckethead is a guitar maestro guy that he was in Guns N' Roses for a bit and he wears a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket on his head while he plays. The guy is an amazing guitar player and the albums they put out, some of it he's doing as the Chop Top character. Like I've actually seen video where he comes out dressed as Chop Top and they're, the, the band just starts playing and he just starts ranting about Chop Top type of shit on stage. But I also just got, I have a, I think it's a 10-inch record. It's called Phil and Bill, and it's Bill Mosley with the lead singer of Pantera, Phil Anselmo, doing an album together. And it's uh, it's really, really good. Um, I'm waiting to get that one. I want to get it signed by both of them. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But, I mean, that, that whole sequence with uh, Stretch and uh, Chop Top, you have such great, you know, for one, just... Chopped up's just getting creepier and creepier. He's like, uh-huh, the desk, yeah, the receptionist's oh. desk. Okay, and, uh, the vault where you keep all the gold oldies. <laughs> yeah, and if you, haven't see, if you haven't seen the movie or know who the character is, he's basically a 1968 hippie wearing a Sonny Bono hairdo. Um, oh, yeah. With these little purple glasses on, and he's flashing the peace sign at her a few times. <laughs> the music is my life. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, when they get to the vault, that's where uh, it starts to get creepy because uh, he starts saying, like, What about my request? You know <laughs> that lefty request record that you, you honked out today? I love that. Anyway, the, the Rambo 3 soundtrack. <laughs> Gonna play it again? Uh, she would like it. Hey, maybe I could get a copy. And, and you could autograph it. There's dragging that clothes hanger just across the wall, kind of like Freddy Krueger, how he like drags his yep. like glove nails across the oh, yeah. metal rails, and it's just so creepy. Then all of a sudden, Leatherface just bumps up, comes out of the vault with his chainsaw just fired up and accidentally hits a chop top on uh, the side of his, his head his and messes plate. up his plate. Yeah, because he has apparently a metal plate yeah. that's under, hidden underneath under, his wig. Under the fucking wig, which then you find out what he was doing with his coat hangers he's heating up the coat hanger scraping some of the meat off his own head and then eating it in front of her <laughs> while he's doing it and then i think leatherface chases her up and she ends up locking herself into a room and everything and then you get that um lg comes back and is like what the, what are you doing in here you crazy looking little son of a bitch and ends up leatherface comes back knocks him over and then you get the whole like which is i, I can one of the worst scenes in the film is the 
the hammer now it's even worse like next time i watch the movie like it's gonna be even worse watching because he just gets hit in the head with that hammer well well you forgot the one bit where uh, he looks at him like what the hell are you doing and bill mosley gives that great line hey lick my plate you dog dick son of a bitch the way he did it yeah and yeah so he just keeps hitting him in the head over and over again and then leatherface goes back up which one of my it's like one of my the, the way that bill johnson and i think it's bob elmore come yeah. through that wall and it, it's the scene from uh the burbs where he's flipping through the channels and all of a sudden you see this he's watching chainsaw 2 out of nowhere in the burbs and it's that same scene where he busts through the wall and then they have this whole I don't. I still can't figure out if it's supposed to be a, like a, a allusion to rape or just like it, I guess it's the closest thing you're going to come to a love sequence in a chainsaw movie where he's got his yeah. chainsaw and this thing of ice that supposedly has just been sitting there all night and hasn't melted. And, yeah. <laughs> with a bunch yeah. of big red in it. Yeah, and it her sitting there with her little shorts on and stuff, which you know, yeah, showing off her sex appeal through the whole movie, which I mean. She hasn't changed. Like you see her now, she she looks exa- she looks the same as she did in the movie in '86. It's like when I saw her, I was like, "Do you? Oh my god, you look the same." She's like, "Yeah, I the, try." <laughs> the only difference is, I think, is like she has blonde hair. Yeah, and I just saw her in a movie called Blind with um that stars Sarah French. It's a girl that is from my hometown in Minnesota that kind of went out to Hollywood and is now doing all these horror movies, and she plays this. It's like with a best friend that gets killed. And she's a great actress that gets, she, she doesn't really get that many parts either. I mean, once in a while she'll show up and stuff here or there, but it's another, you know, one of the, I think that this movie like kind of turned Hollywood off from some of these actors for a bit. Yeah. After um, the whole incident with uh, the chainsaw being Leatherface's, you know, penis essentially is what they're alluding to, which I think it kind of goes back to a sense like the Slumber Party Massacre where that movie, you know, the drill's supposed to be representative of a man's yeah. penis, essentially. And um, when, in that movie, they break the drill bit, they essentially are the equivalent of cutting his penis off, essentially. I think that's kind of what they were sort of going for with that scene. Because, I mean, Leatherface, you know, clearly this, you know, guy's probably never had a girlfriend, never been with a woman, clearly. I mean, he, he likes his women um, on his face. <laughs> yeah, no, the way he's licking, way. the way that he's licking his lips and his teeth are all fucked up and stuff. It's it's really really creepy, and then it gets kind of like sweet to a point where he like lets her live because she's the only woman that's ever shown him that kind of like you know, and she's Thank just you. trying to get out of the situation, and he ends up leaving her alive, and then they those two leave in the truck that is revealed to be the truck from the beginning of the movie, obviously, but you, you know, ties it all together. And then she follows them to, which they take, which they do take LG's body because they, you know, as a chopped up, it's a bonus body. It's a bonus bonus body. body. Yep. Yep. And, uh, looking at that beef and stuff, they throw them in the back of the truck and they just head to Alamo land. And of course, uh, stretch follows them, which, uh, before we get to Alamo land, there was a deleted scene that was supposed to take place, I think. But was it supposed to take place before they go to Alamo land or was it like after they get to Alamo land? So I've seen the deleted scene you're talking about. You're talking about the moviegoer, Joe Bob Briggs, his his debut in film. And I don't know. Yes. I don't know where the fuck you put it in this movie. Well, actually, 
that scene is so crazy that I'm like, where uh, I can see why they cut it because there's no place to put it where it makes sense for the story at all. I think I think I recall now where it's supposed to go. So once um, they get to Alamo Land and Stretch is falling behind, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when Stretch falls through the ground when she sees Lefty, uh, because Lefty follows her and finds her at Alamo Land, um, when she falls through after uh, you know Lefty hands her that skeleton hand and she grabs it and freaks out and falls through the hole in the ground. I think that is when it's supposed to essentially cut to uh, Drayton Sawyer's meat wagon going uh, out of the place, and it's supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, um, Leatherface, Chop Top, and the cook, all three of them going out in the town, and it's during that time where they go to the um, the parking garage scene that got deleted in the film, where yeah. uh, they go in there and there's all like these uh, Texas uh, college kids yep. that yep. are... The yuppies, yeah, that are beat car. Um, they're ha- taking like this uh, football player mannequin off of like a pole or something that's there, and um, they pull up. And before they even get there, there's some of the best dialogue that they deleted that cracked me up. One of which is uh, when uh, Bill Mosley as Chop Top has uh, Nubbins there, and he's giving him some big red cola and stuff. And uh, the cook goes, uh, ah. You, you should have left your brother at the house. He's all damaged up. Da 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 da. And uh, Bill's like, "Well, he wanted to go out and get himself a, a big red soda and stuff." And uh, the next thing you know, uh, Jim Cedar goes, "Ah, I wouldn't trust you to chase flies off a dead dog's dick." Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, kiss my plate, Mister Big Shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is basically all all of that. It's all Rob Zombie. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a Rob Zombie script is what you're reading to me. All that yeah, it's part of that deleted scene. And then from there, they go to the parking garage. And that's where uh, I think they offer uh, the yuppies a croissant. <laughs> I think they offer up like a croissant. And they go around the back of it. And they're banging on the uh, uh, meat wagon or whatever. The, is it Food called the last, ra- the last Roundup? I think is what it's yeah. called. Um, yep, they start yeah. banging up on the... Uh, the food truck, and then all of a sudden, out of the back of it, here comes Leatherface, and he starts cutting people's arms off. You see their arms just flying through the air and everything. Which I remember and, they like they had like a like a superhero reveal of him, where yeah. like all of a sudden the door comes up and there he is, and it's like this. It could have been the trailer for the film because the trailers for these <laughs> movies never have anything to do with the film, right? But, yeah. And uh, it goes from that to uh, then going to the movie theater where. It, shows Joe Bob, which I actually uh, just met Joe Bob for the second time back in uh, May of this year, and I brought my original one sheet of uh, Texas Chainsaw 2 for him to sign, and I had him sign uh, the rating that he gives in the uh, movie, which uh, I think he says it's, um, I think he says something along the lines of like, well, nail my dick to a tree stump, that's saw-foo, three stars or something. He says something along those lines in the movie. It just cracks me up. That man is and a national treasure. He, he is. And uh, I had him right on there, three stars, chainsaw foo, <laughs> on the poster. And uh, he, he, he's just awesome. But 
that uh that whole scene where he's going down the steps with the uh explaining to the girls like you think they really stuck a power drill through that girl's titty no you see what they do is they run this little tube up under a bra like right up here and then they sort of prime it up with some kale pectate and some strawberry caro syrup and then they take these little itty bitty cherry bombs and they, and they put them on there, and it's like, boom, exploding titty. You know, it's just all over the screen. Some sick puppy's going to see that and try it at home. No, no, you just go home, you try to stick a power drill through your titty, and you see what happens. <laughs> yeah, some of the shit he says, it's just like, some of it is, it's like George Carlin, like, mixed in with, like, a redneck. You know, yeah. like, he'll be talking about something. Like, I don't watch it every week because I, I don't, I have the... The Amazon version of Shutter, and he'll just uh, his, everything he says about stuff. Like I can't watch it live, so I end up watching it later. And I, I mean, yeah, he, it's like you're listening to George Carlin in like ni- the 1989 stand-up specials he was doing, and then it'll segue into like the most redneck shit. Yeah, <laughs> and you have Darcy just sitting there, like, can you just play the fucking movie? <laughs> yeah, which I, I got to meet her uh, at that time too for the first time ever. She was really sweet. Uh, I gifted uh, them both actually uh, original one sheet movie posters. I gave uh, Joe Bob a Gator Bait one sheet because apparently that's one of his favorite redneck films of all time. And uh, I gifted Darcy a uh, Two Evil Eyes original one sheet. And I told her, I said, well, if you go to the Jamboree, you know, now you have something for Tom Adkins to sign because Tom Adkins has a role in that movie. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that's you're saying that you gave that to them, and I, I, I didn't know. Is that like one of her favorite movies or? Um, she's just a huge Tom Atkins fan, and I know she does like stuff that Dario Argento has done, and Dario Argento and George Romero both did that movie. So, and with yeah. Tom Atkins being in it, as one of her favorite uh, actors of all time. My question for you is, who the fuck doesn't love Tom Atkins? Well, Joe Bob apparently in Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, he doesn't like him in that one. But oh my god, that, <laughs> no. No, like how can you? Oh my God, Joe Bob just went down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, he likes Tom Atkins. He loves him in like Maniac Cop, Night of the Creeps, and all these other movies. But he doesn't like Halloween Three, and I don't think it's because of Tom Atkins. Of course, it's just because you know, there's no Michael Myers. But um, Michael I think Myers that, is in that Michael Myers is in that film. So. Yes, he is. So hush, Joe Bob. <laughs> but. uh Anyway, after, of course, the whole scene where Joe Bob and the two uh, girls get slaughtered by uh, the Sawyer family, um, that's when it's supposed to originally go back to uh, Stretch at um, the Alamo Land. And that's where uh, she's in the smokehouse room, where there's all these dead bodies and limbs, everything being hung up to smoke, like you do with any other meat. If you go to any barbecue place, you, you smoke it. And that's where she finds uh, LG, who she thinks at the time is dead. And then all of a sudden... Uh, she, doesn't even know who, she doesn't know who he is. Cause it, oh, that's um, right. In the meantime, Leatherfaces came in with your mom's turkey cutter that you only yeah. see at Thanksgiving. This little handheld fucking thing and cut his face off. The Garver, yeah. And then he went over and he put LG's face onto the Caroline Williams character and put his cowboy hat on and she doesn't know what the fuck he's putting on. Yeah, he's got him dance around, then the cook comes in and all kinds of shit and but she realizes that it's him and like one of the yeah, him trying to cut that rope, like you're just like ah because he's trying to yeah. cut that rope to let her free, which then he does. And then she get she gets out and goes running off, which 
I'm going to just say it right now, other than like the Overlook Hotel, if you, you have me sit down and write a list of the top five um, horror sets ever created for a film, Chainsaw 2 is going to be in my top five. It's going to rank up there with the, the Outlook post from The Thing and The Shining, The Overlook, all of the scenes that we're going to be talking about. I, I, unbelievable sets and like the the long takes that they take where they're running and stuff where you have to have they'll be just running and there's these little chairs of people sitting supposedly sun tanning yeah like all the dead bodies when uh yeah they when there's when uh caroline's getting a chase down through the uh that endless hallway corridor seems like all the christmas lights and stuff yeah and what, what they've done is every person that they've ever killed they strip them of meat and then they take the bones and set them up into elaborate like it's like fucking ikea it's like horror movie ikea where you're when you go through that that section where they have all these different rooms set up and that's what they did and like they're running down this hallway and it's like all of it is lit perfectly and some of it I'd only ever seen the movie on VHS for years, and like this new technology, you start to see all this detail and stuff into it, and I, like the, that 4K that you're going to talk about, it, like I cannot wait to see that because you're going to see even more. I didn't notice like all the bodies hanging, but like you were talking about, like the smoking of the meats and everything. You watch that scene even behind when they're out there fighting about Nomland and all that shit. There's bodies hung up everywhere back there. Oh yeah, when they do finally capture her. Um, Leatherface is getting scalded by the cook and Chop Top, and Chop Top's of course doing the whole burn her like a rat, burn her like a rat, rat, rat. You, you skipped the. Uh... Did you see it? Well, did you? Didn't you? Did you? Didn't you? Go check it out, boy. No way! Told you to go check it out, boy, before I start kicking your ass. Some kind of crazy booger just skits through here. Now, booger? How big? Big crazy booger. That's all but bro. Oh, yeah, the so booger? great booger. <laughs> the, the fucking the dialogue between those two, it's like and it's total Three Stooges. Yeah. Like, complete Three Stooges, and then you've got the other, you know, the problem, the only difference is is that you don't, Leatherface doesn't talk. He just grunts. So. Ooh. <laughs> it's like <that>. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, the cook, of course, like, scolds uh, Leatherface and uh, is like, sex or the saw, and the saw is family. <laughs> oh, there's, there's so many, the one lines, even when he gets up there, there's, you know, turn traitor turncoat for a piece of tail like the, yeah everything he says <laughs> is just gold and he's a hundred percent invested in it a play oh, yeah. this crazy old man patriarch of this cannibal family and I, you don't i don't know if it's the dad or the brother i don't care like it, it's you know it's one of those things that constantly is getting discussed on message oh, boards I know. And stuff. Like, like i don't care it, brilliant it is <laughs> After uh, the whole sex in the saw, um, Lefty decides to get his chainsaws, which we forgot to mention that the chainsaw scene oh. earlier where he goes to the cut right and he uh, my picks aching up. banana. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my achy banana. That's right. That old man, <laughs> the owner, um, he grabs those two little chainsaws. He starts, you know, moving them around like switchblades or something because he's just stabbing them one back and forth at each other. And oh. uh, 
Then he goes out there with that big old chainsaw and just starts which, literally taking, just hitting it. Which clearly, if you've ever used a chainsaw, that's now how you cut down a tree. <laughs> oh no, the way he's doing it, and it, my favorite part about that scene now is because of how clear everything is. You can totally see that half of it's Dennis Hopper and half of it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't noticed that while watching if you watch any stunts um dennis hopper was getting older and he couldn't do a lot of the stunts so they hired a guy that looks just like him and you can see it through the end fight scene and through that entire scene where you can it's not dennis hopper even close to him but yeah i i don't care because the movie is so good that I, you know it's like the dummies in um temple of doom in the mind yeah like, you can tell it's dummies i don't care like <laughs> Right. But uh, Lefty then goes in to pursue um, the Sawyer family and Rusty well, Stretch. But he's, while... been looking, he's been looking for them through the minute that she falls in the ground. He's been looking the whole yeah. time. Goes in and he is sawing down all the main support beams as he goes through this entire... Which I don't, Ryan didn't really cover what Alamo Land is. It's like a amusement park that has um, been closed and they kind of bought the land using the money from their new business that they're selling, you know, they own the last roundup rolling grill, which is a catering company that is using human remains for all their meat. Which in a deleted scene, I forgot to mention this too. um, If it wasn't for top top getting the metal plate, no food truck. No yep. food truck, no business, and because uh, he was stuff. Shop Top was supposedly in Vietnam while during the first, first movie, movies, yeah, while the first movie was happening, and he ended up getting money when he got back due to the brain damage he now has. Yeah, apparently a uh, gook caught him with a uh, machete and cut off a portion yeah, of his skull. Yep, that's the line in the movie. Yep, that I remember. I think I remember that it's a deleted scene. Yep, yep, that he got, which. Yeah, it's, it sounds like the Savini uh, Dawn of the Dead kill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah going from that, um, that's when, uh, of course, uh, there's that scene you were talking about with the guts coming out of the wall, and then uh, after that, he, he finds, finds Frank, Franklin, yeah, Franklin yeah. his brother. Supposedly, it's his brother's kids. Yeah. Yeah. And the flashlight still works. I'm like, so you're telling me that these motherfuckers brought this guy's body all the way across Texas and then set it up for you to find? Oh, this is far-fetched, but I'll go with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go with it, too. Yeah. And uh, this leads up to something that is, uh, if you've seen any Chainsaw movie except for the new one, uh, it's just staple in all of them. There's got to be a dinner scene of some sort. Well, take that back. The new one didn't have a dinner scene. The 3D didn't have a dinner scene. Uh, but I think every other one. I don't think they need them. Any, they don't. They don't need them anymore. It's the same no. way as the the Psycho movies didn't need a shower scene in every one. Right. It just, right. It doesn't. They don't need it. The first and the second one. Okay, he did it to tie it into the you know, but they don't need to have it in every one of them anymore. So. Right. In my opinion, I know there's a bunch of people right now that are just like, kill this fucker. Because I, I'm saying that, but they don't, like, I, I don't know. I, I've sat through all of them numerous times. They don't need it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but going from that, get our first look at Grandpa, which is not portrayed uh, by John Dugan in this one. Instead, it's uh, Kevin Everett. 
he, I don't think, has done a whole lot of other stuff other than this role. And from my understanding, other than, of course, you know, now Toby Hooper and uh, Jim Seadow, uh, he's probably one of the hardest people to get an autograph of for this movie. Yeah, and I was reading, this is the Tom Savini at the time. I don't know if it still is or not, but he has said openly that his favorite makeup he's ever done was the grandpa from Chainsaw 2. Yeah. Um, I've read that a few times that he has said that because the the makeup on it is creepy as fuck. The teeth, oh, yeah. the, the little pieces of hair that they threw in. So, um, um, but uh, at this point in the movie, uh, Leatherface has to decide again: sex or the saw? Does he want the lady? Does he want uh, the family? You know, and they got to bring her grandpa, just like in the first movie. And uh, grandpa, of course, gets the whole you know old school hammer scene, dropping the hammer again, missing with the hammer. And then finally, though, in this movie, which is different than the first one, well, no, he gets a hit in the first one. But this one, when he does the hit, it actually knocks her out. Where yeah. the first one, she just gets hit and she starts bleeding in the back of her head and is still alive. Um, but then uh, after that's when the uh, Lord of the Harvest segment comes up when Lefty uh, comes to save the day. Who comes into a man's house singing like that? Because he's singing, bringing in the sheaves as he comes yeah. in. and um, the, whole, the whole rest of this movie is just like complete. It, it's out there. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right for one uh there's a chainsaw fight scene which the only other movie that comes to my mind with two people fighting with chainsaws is motel hell and mandy oh that's right mandy does have one too come to think of it yep. yeah yeah that yep. one uh, nicholas cage just... character got like a normal size chainsaw while the other dude's got like a three foot blade or something <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I had to call in Mandy, the, the the best film I've seen in, like, the last five years. Sorry. Uh, I, I will try oh, to no. throw that in every fucking episode. <laughs> I mean, Mandy's a great the, movie. I just watched the new Nicolas Cage movie that's a comedy where he's playing Nicolas Cage in it. And oh, yeah. Super, you go in, and the super fan has all these props, and he's like, oh, you got the, the chainsaw from Mandy. And I'm like, I fucking want that. <laughs> like, that's son awesome. of a bitch. Which... This bit, uh, Stretch does break free and Chop Top pursues her, trying to get her. While uh, uh, poor old Jim Seedow, he uh, gets a chainsaw between the legs by uh, he get, Lefty. Gets the, he gets it in the ass, because he says he yeah. goes, oh, took care of my hems. Yeah, that's right. He gets it in the ass, but I think he also gets it uh, kind of in the balls, too, just the way the blade comes up. But I don't know, man. Like, he just, yeah, they kind of allude to it, and then he pulls Nubbins under, and you find out that Nubbins has got what he calls a Chuck U. Farley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's got the fucking grenade, which is a total Vietnam, you know, fuck, fuck you, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, uh, of course, like, finally Lefty does get a good hit on Leatherface, stabs him through the gut. Yeah. And that effect was so great whenever I first saw the movie, because the blades on both ends of uh, Leatherface, they're moving. So it yeah, literally that... looks like he's getting cut still. Yeah, the first time I saw that, I was like, how the fuck did they do that? Yeah. And then now you watch it, and it's like, oh, wow. Like, it's one of those, like... Um, and Savini always says it's magic trick. And yep. the, the, it's one of his greatest ones. I mean, like, when I met him, it's just like, like I asked him and he, he, he was already messing with me, which I'll tell another, you know, Tom Savini has like fucked with me 
personally, um, him and Tony Todd. Fuck, I'll, I'll tell the story. Like if we like if we talk about Night of the Living Dead, the remake ever, I'll tell mm-hmm. the story. But okay. Tony Todd and Tom Savini fucked with me, sending me back and forth. I think, and um, yeah, when I met him, I asked him about that, and he's like, "Well, magician never tells his tricks," and mm-hmm. I was just like, "Really." Well, yeah, that was like my one question. How did you do that? And obviously, yeah. like, you know, I, I have an idea how they did it, but it, it, it's be easier just to be told. Right. Um, which, finally, the grenade does go off, supposedly killing Leatherface, Lefty, and the cook, um, while, yeah. of course, uh, Chop Top is still uh, chasing in Stretch. Hot, yeah, he's in hot pursuit of her, and he's cutting her legs up with this straight razor as she's running up these stairs and stuff which they have quite the scene and they get up to the top which is supposedly chainsaw heaven yeah which you hear them talking about grandma up in chainsaw heaven previously and caroline williams runs into this room where there's this hugely decayed corpse of a lady holding a chainsaw and she you know chop top comes in and he, he slits his own throat like numerous times which it's I'm like, like death eating a cracker i'm like what the fuck what is what is this do that once? Unless you're Tom Hardy in fucking Lawless, you're not gonna live through that, right? If you have a, yeah, <laughs> like, um, and nobody li- li- lives through a throat slitting, let alone doing it themselves numerous times. And um, she goes over and grabs the chainsaw, and he freaks out. And yeah, she gets up once again, gets this chainsaw that looks like it's been sitting for fifty years to pull on about the. It takes her a few pulls, but it goes. Yeah, it- it's more convincing, though, than the Netflix, you know, chainsaw pulling it out of the wall and just one pull oh, starts, you know. <laughs> totally. Well, no, when he, I think he was priming that thing someplace yeah. or something, and then all of a sudden came back with it is the whole point. But I'm like, bullshit. And, that, like, yeah. this one, too, was like, okay, uh, nothing else has made sense for the last 30 minutes. I'll buy it. And then um, she hits him with the chainsaw I think a couple times and then he ends up falling down the stairway which if you watch the stunt that they did when he falls and he goes down that tube if he's half a foot off he's dead he's gonna break every bone in his body and that stunt whoever did that stunt like amazing stunt and next time you watch the movie pay attention to that part when he falls because like seriously it's one of the like ah holy crap, like, how the hell did they do that? Where, it, like, seriously, his neck, he could have broke his neck easily on that. There's, oh, yeah. there's no padding there. He's falling down a fucking storm drain or something. Yeah. Which, uh, speaking of him, you know, falling into that tube, there is a deleted scene. Once he goes in that tube, there's, like, a secondary explosion, and what shoots out is his clothes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about that. Like, I haven't seen that DVD in a while, and I, I guess I, it's probably on my new Scream Factory that, that I have. Yeah, that it is. Probably, yeah, I just haven't... Who has time to sit on... The Scream Factory Blu-rays are so filled with... Like, it'll take you a whole day to go through just the special features. On yeah, some of these on some of them, videos. yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't have that kind of time in my life anymore. Like, it takes something really special for me to sit down and go, you know what, I'm going to watch all of this. And I normally reserve that just for the Tarantino stuff now. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate having some of these movies ruined for me. Like, I used to love Fight Club. Then I watched the two disc, and they broke down every goddamn thing in the film, yeah. and it ruined the movie for me, kind of a little bit. 
But then after the chop top goes down there into the tube, Caroline still has the chainsaw stretch that is, has a chainsaw, and she's just doing a little dance, spinning around with the chainsaw, kind of like Leatherface did in uh, the first movie at the end, and that's in scene in the movie right there. And I love that ending, and I don't know why. Like, the first one, it's, it, it, the first time you watch it, you're like, what? Credits? And now, like, you get to that ending, and the first time you see it, it doesn't click with you. And then the more times that you watch those movies, I think it's the perfect ending for them because mm-hmm. what else is he going to do? Chase the truck after his legs all fucked up, but he's yeah. still dancing with the leg fucked up. Yeah. So I'm really excited about the video game to see how they're going to do that and everything with the, cause you know that damn well that that's going to be a scene in that new video game when it comes out. Well, see the game's supposed to be like an asymmetrical uh, horror game. So it's, I don't know if there's going to be any solo missions. They haven't confirmed that, like any story mode or anything. Nothing. Um, it's all. It's all. It's going to be like Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Well, Friday the Thirteenth had like those mini little like missions. I guess you want to call them, but they weren't that elaborate or anything. I wouldn't call them missions. Like you just had to, you know, use use a certain item fifty times and yeah. you know stab Jason, which. I, I platinum that game on PS4. I think there's like under 1% of the people that have played it have done it, and I did it. If you've been killed by hostile movies on PlayStation 4, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to play Jason like uh, 1,313 times. <laughs> like, yeah. legit, like that's all I did for a whole summer when I was alone was play that game. And I love that game, and I'm makes me want to get a next-gen console, but... Well, the new Texas Chainsaw game is going to be on PS4 and also, like, previous-gen consoles. It'll be on PS4 and Xbox One on top of the new gen consoles and PC. I heard it was only going to be on PS5. Did they change that? They changed it recently, yes. There was a uh, trailer that just came out that actually showed a little bit of gameplay footage. And uh, it announces at the bottom... uh, 2023 and it shows like all the consoles and underneath that there's xbox one and ps4 so it will be come to those which i i've been watching that because of the music part of it they went out and they talked to mark corvin i believe is who it is the guy that did the the score for the witch um and or the witch or how 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 the hell do you say that is it it just i say the witch okay but they went and they talked to him about some of the stuff he used and obviously my scareflare records that i own is putting out the texas chainsaw massacre the shocking truth on vinyl cassette and cd and i'm very involved with mark fox who's a friend of mine that did the score for that documentary and everything which you get at scareflare.com for anybody listening (laughs) we still have some copies available it'll be available through light in the attic and mondo will also have an exclusive and the texas chainsaw massacre gas station will have its own exclusive color as well for when you visit yeah i haven't announced that anywhere yet but they'll have their there'll be a hundred copies that's just exclusive to the gas station um well you heard it first here (laughs) yeah well uh while I've been working with Mark through all that, he was really following, you know, some of the stuff going on because they were recording it in Nottingham, where Mark is from, over in the mm-hmm. UK, a lot of it. And um, he knows the people that are even doing it. I think he was going out to have drinks with them or something, he was saying. But I've been following it just on that front alone because it's going to be anybody that knows anything about the score for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there is no master tapes for it. Like everyone keeps hoping it's going to come out and it never will. Because there's no master tapes, and 
the only way that they're ever going to be able to do it from what i understand unless they find some box in in a attic someplace like they've been known to do is to have it recreated and um is it wayne bell is that who it is that did the yeah. move the music for the first movie for the first he, one, yes he has asked everybody that has ever come to him said do you care if i recreate it has asked you know can you wait till i'm dead like let you know that's my legacy that's what i'm known for can you leave it until i'm dead and then you guys can get the rights and do whatever you want to do so like yeah it was one of the things i wanted to talk about because the music for these two movies the we normally get on, you know, like some of the, the new merch and stuff on this podcast is one of the, you know, Ryan and I love the merch that comes out for all these horror movies. And recently Waxwork Records put out the uh, 90 minutes of the first time that the Chainsaw 2 score has ever been released, which it is just, that's it, a hard listen, man. Like it's 90 minutes of just, you know, crazy ass music. The only thing it's missing is the four lefty. You know, that's the only thing missing from that. I wish they would have added was just, you know, the screaming, the the, the song that we were talking about that is the request from the movie. Yeah. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 is still available on vinyl from waxworkrecords.com for $38. Um, beautiful packaging and artwork that they included. There was a subscriber variant that has got some killer splatter vinyl. Right now, it's available on Silver and Blood. Um, it's supposed to be like a chainsaw blade, but the artwork by Robert Samlin is absolutely gorgeous. And they released it on CD, and it is available on digital. If you've not heard it, it is 90 minutes of the complete score that was like put together. It was sourced and mixed from the master tapes by uh, Jerry Lambert. It's absolutely gorgeous, and he did some really cool liner notes. There's a 12x12 art print. Um, if, if you haven't checked it out, get a copy of it now before it sells out because you never know when it's going to sell out and not be available again. And that, I think that that's going to be the closest anybody's going to get other than all those country songs from the first one are available and you can get them and in their original forms that maybe there will be a soundtrack someday, but I don't think you'll ever see a score for it get released. So stop asking everybody because it's not possible at, in present way it is right now speaking of the music the uh, original motion picture soundtrack for uh, Texas Chainsaw 2 it's got tracks by The Cramps Boingo Boingo uh, who else is on that there's there's quite a bit on uh, that Timbuk one. 3 um, the guy from The Police Stuart Copeland I think is on it I don't have the list in front of me oh here it is uh, The Lords of the New Church Good to be Bad uh, The Cramps Goo Goo Muck Concrete Blonde Haunted Head Timbuk Three, Life Is Hard, Torch Song, uh, White Knight, Stuart Copeland's uh, Strange Things Happen, Concrete Blonde again with Over Your Shoulder, and then Timbuk Three, Shame on You, which that's in the opening of the movie, I think, when uh, the yuppies are going down the road. Yeah. Um, Lords of the New Church with Mind Warp, Boingo Boingo's No One Lives Forever, which another one that was used in the film, but it wasn't included in the soundtrack, is Crazy Crazy Mama by uh, Rookie Erickson. Um, I think it's used, um, I want to say like at the radio station, possibly. I just got that. I got the soundtrack, uh, Gary Pullen, the artist recommended. He's like, Oh, I play it while 
I was talking to them and we were talking about all the chainsaw stuff that's coming out because I mean, we're kind of in the middle of a chainsaw renaissance this last year where we had the new movie. We've got the video game. I've got the, the score coming out for the documentary, which, you know, like, so while working with that, Gary's like, Oh, you don't have that. You need to get that. You need to like, I put it on all the time while I'm working. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I, I found a copy on eBay, real like mint shape, really cheap compared to what everybody else was paying. Okay. And, I've had it on my record player like 25 times while I'm in here working on record stuff. So, I mean, he's right. If you get, if you're a fan of the film, like the, it, check it out. It's what, you know, I, I give it, Joe Bob would give it, you know, probably three thumbs up. Three stars. Yeah. Um, as far as like home media releases for that movie currently that you can get, um, I know that there is, I think you mentioned this, the, uh, Blu-ray and DVD, it's got a, like a white backdrop with a severed arm with some blood and a um, chance. I think that was released by Sony. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, um, so I am I think it's MGM. MGM, MGM okay. owns it. Sony does not. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1986, Metro, Goldwyn, Meyer, which Canon originally put it out. And I think yeah. MGM bought up their catalog when it was done. Is the newest one I have is the Scream Factory. Yeah, um, which that one right now is out of print and it's uh, going for quite a bit of money. But once uh, Vinegar Syndrome announces their uh, 4K this year of that, that one's just going to bottom out probably about twenty thirty bucks I would say. Where you know, which funny story about that? So I got that movie, that exact version you have, the Scream Factory version. Right after it was announced that it was out of print, um, Family Video, uh, for those of you who know about Family Video, they were still in business at the time. They've went out of business since um, this recording. They had it listed on their website, and I put an order in for it. And I was like, you know what, maybe I can get one, surprisingly. And I got everything except for that movie. And I emailed them, I was like, please tell me that you're going to be able to give me a copy of this, blah, 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 blah. And they said, oh, there's like a slight issue with our warehouse distribution or whatever, where they get the movies from, uh, but we'll get it to you. And I'm like, okay. So I waited over a month, and then finally I get a package in the mail, and it is that. And I was so happy because as of right now, again, uh, that Blu-ray is going for outrageous money. I want to say anywhere from like 60 to to 100 bucks, depending on if it's got the slipcover yeah, or not. I have the slipcover, and I think I have the poster. I, I pre-ordered this. This is one of those movies that, like, well, as soon as it goes up, I'm going to pre-order. I think it's my second most valuable. Um, I have a, I'm putting, I have Lady in White, which I'm putting, I'm also putting out on vinyl, available at scareflare.com. Um, Lady in White is like 150 to $200 when it goes now, which I didn't know until recently. I told the director, and he's like, what? Like anybody that like yeah, anybody comes to you about putting it out on DVD or Blu-ray again, let them do it, dude. <laughs> Cause... Right. If I'm not mistaken, the uh, Vinegar Syndrome 4K, um, it's supposed to. What I'm assuming, this is just some guesses. I would say that they're either gonna wait till October to release that, or they're gonna put that on their Black Friday sale. That's yep. what my Which, predictions are. I have the new thriller that Vinegar Syndrome put out the thriller a cruel picture also known as they call her one eye which ryan and i have been talking about off camera for a bit i'm a huge kill bill fan and i bought it because of that and if they do anything like this for this chainsaw it's gonna be like black friday on their website that day 
and I'm already like I'm cracking knuckles getting ready to order one already because I, I want that with chainsaw too. Like mm-hmm. that'll be like the definitive version of it. You'll never beat it, and I know that they will. So, right. One thing that I kind of wish that they would do is, um, granted, I don't want the deleted scene with um, you know the whole stretch and Lefty uh, father daughter line. I, what I, I was was that actually filmed or is it just? It, it's hinted at in the uh, deleted uh, scene, I believe. And the one like where Lefty uh, lifts up the trunk and there's the chainsaws there and he's looking at it. And I think it's kind of hinted because he says a line or something that hints to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I would like to see, you know, maybe, I, I doubt it will ever happen. But I know like, for example, like Synapse, they do like these hybrid cuts where they'll cut in like international mm-hmm. and theatrical stuff. I would love to see a hybrid cut of Chainsaw 2 with the deleted scenes, like the whole slaughter at the uh, garage, I think that'd be cool. Plus, reinserting Joe Bob into the film because um, Joe Bob was so upset when he was told that that was cut from the movie. Um, he sh- he was in Casino though. He should be yeah. happy with that. <laughs> yeah, again to work with De Niro. Yeah, <laughs> De- well, not just De Niro, Scorsese and Scorsese Pesci. and uh, yeah, Pesci, and he, yeah, and yeah. Like I, I, he is such a good actor in that movie that I didn't realize it was Joe Bob for the first yeah. 10 years that the movie's out. And then like one day I was like, ah, that guy looks like Joe Bob. <laughs> it's Joe and Bob. It, and it was. I was like, holy shit. Which so. he also is in, uh, I believe, uh, the, the Stan miniseries. And his character name is Joe Bob. And he's the really? sheriff or deputy Joe Bob in the movie. <laughs> well, and, and my favorite Joe Bob movie now is Hogzilla, 100%. I don't care anybody says the fact that I want to put the score out on vinyl. I would love to put, I, I would love for them to come to me and like, it'll be my first DVD Blu-ray release, you know, would be Hogzilla <laughs> if I, I could. I, I would say if anybody would put that on vinyl, it's going to be shipped to shore, I would say. Yeah, they have a really good um, relationship with those guys. So it makes me jealous, but yeah, who knows? What can you do? Um, but yeah, as far as like other things related to Chainsaw 2, merchandise-wise, I mean, nowadays there's so many toys and action figures. You can get like a Leatherface from just about every single film except for yeah. maybe Parts 4. Um, Part 4, the- that's got to be coming because they just announced the Netflix version. So the Part 4 has got to be coming. Um, yeah, that it's, it's bound to happen. So Yeah. So I think that's one of the only ones that doesn't have a figure, and I think maybe Chainsaw 3D, unless if like there's some like unofficial or bootleg one out there or someone that's been fan made. Yeah, Chainsaw 2. Actually, I think there was a there was a Chop Top and Nubbins two pack yeah. of figures, and then nobody's ever done the cook, and I, I keep one, waiting yeah. for that. Like I was gonna do a pin of the cook here when I was doing enamel pins because I did like I bookended. Um, a Dennis Hopper pin with a Leatherface pin from the movie, and they're they're long sold out. Like, if, yeah, I can I can send you pictures if anybody wants. Get a hold of me on social media. Um, but they're long sold out, and they they did the same bookending thing kind of on the Scream Factory Blu-ray a little bit. So it's kind of a um, cool homage to a, the the art on this, which I think was done by my friend Joel Robinson. Is just yeah, it was cover illustration by Joel Robinson. I love the cover. Normally, I know a lot of them. Like people always bitch about the Screen Factory covers, but the, this one is. I, he managed to hit the spirit of the film and everything. So. Yeah, 
Well, I would guess uh, that's going to wrap this episode up, I would say. Unless yeah. there's any hey, hey, closing hey, remarks you want to give, Sean. Um, I just want to know why you think Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 is the greatest horror film ever made. The greatest ever made? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> if I, you had to tell somebody, I think it's the greatest horror comedy film ever made. I would say I that it's, it's, it's one of the greatest just, horror comedies for sure. It's above Zombie Land, and if you're not getting the humor in it, then the whole movie is hilarious. And that's, I think it took me about five viewings where I'm like, like sort of laughing at some of the shit that they're saying. Cause the, yeah. the, the movie was like, never even got released in the UK. Cause they wanted to have like 20 minutes of the film cut out and the movie would have been an hour and 10 minutes. So they didn't even release it over there. And it was banned in Australia and a lot of other countries because of how gory it is and visceral. Mm-hmm. And, I think a lot of people, just now, it's getting the, like we were talking earlier, it's finally getting recognized for what it is, and it's because the movie's so damn funny. Like, beyond all the horror and everything else in it, you know, like, all the stuff we were talking about, there's the one line, there's one-liners in here like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it just as funny, so, yeah. As we've said, like, I'm glad that it's finally starting to get noticed as one of the great horror movies and you don't like it you're wrong (laughs) yeah i would say so for sure um one thing that i would like to see eventually come out too which actually is another thing that would be kind of interesting to see on the um 4k from vinegar syndrome is the uh all-american massacre if anyone has ever heard of that you you've probably heard of it sean i would assume i think so yeah it's the uh sort of like story that Toby Hooper's son, it was supposed to be kind of like a uh, short film that would be both a sequel and a prequel to Chainsaw 2. It was supposed to kind of explain um, the whole story with Chop Top and his involvement with the family between Chainsaw 1 and 2. And also, it's supposed to be kind of like him in jail, essentially, and he's kind of confessing to all this stuff. Um, oh, the I, after, yeah. Yeah, but the only thing is, it has never came out i don't know if it's actually finished um but like every now and then you hear stuff about the uh all-american massacre occasionally you know because bill mosley does come back as chop top in that which um i asked him one time i said do you think this will ever come out or ever see the light of day and he told me you know honestly i have no idea i'd love for it to he said but it's just one of the things you just never know i think that well the fact that hooper has it maybe because he actually has a say in what happens with this, with the whole license and everything. Um, and it's such, the licensing is so weird now with everything, especially after this Friday the 13th lawsuit. Like, I'm rewatching Hannibal right now, and they were supposed to go into, after season three, we're supposed to go into, like, season four was supposed to be um, Buffalo Bill and Clary Starling was going to get introduced into it, and then he lost the rights to the book, and, like, I'm like, and I started reading about it. Well, he has the rights to the characters and everything in Red Dragon. He does not have the rights to the characters and everything in Silence of the Lambs. He had it, and then he lost it because they canceled it. I, you know, learning about the licensing and that of all of this stuff, that Friday the 13th lawsuit is going to change so much going forward because you're possibly going to see two different Friday the 13th movies coming out on Friday the 13th competing with one another. One of them about Jason Voorhees and Pamela Voorhees as a little kid. And you might see one about the mask wearing psychopath killing kid, you know, just called Jason. 
it's it's going to be really weird down the road here to see what happens with all this it'll stuff. be pretty much kind of like uh right now with the child's play franchise you had yeah. um the don mancini child's play slash you know chucky uh tv series but then you also had the mgm uh new child's play with mark hamill and it's all like an ai voiced um hated doll. it yeah I, I, love I, mark, I, I love mark hamill i hated i hated the movie i turned I it off i wasn't a fan like, the one thing about that movie, too, speaking of that movie, that made me just, like, kind of cringe was, and it, and it was pretty messed up, in my opinion, was the scene uh, where all of a sudden he's sitting there in the closet and looking, and all of a sudden you hear, like, the doll recording of the cat being killed by him. Like, that, I was like, come on, really? I, I didn't even get to that part. Like seriously, Oh, you didn't even like, get to that no. part? No. There's there's also come to think of it too a Chainsaw Two reference in the movie. They're actually flipping through the TV and there's a scene from Chainsaw Two in that just to tie that into this episode. Yeah, and like seriously, if I ever become like a famous person and they're gonna make a movie about me, I want Mark Hamill to narrate it. It would be you know like but in, in his Joker voice, of course. I was gonna say, like, are, are you wanting it in his yeah. Joker voice? Or are you wanting it in his Chucky? voice are you no, wanting it no. uh no there there is only one chucky it's brad dorf and um I agree. yeah which is one of the nicest human beings i've ever met <laughs> um yeah brad dorf is like he's chucky i don't care like and i'm not a huge child's play fan i never have been like i think i have the score on vinyl and like you'll never see any merchandise you won't see anything hanging in my home from it it's not one of my favorite it's one of my like least favorite of all the franchises um yeah. and you know, there's, I just, I never got into the killer doll thing, I guess. Um, I like the conjuring ones where, you know, like there's a little bit of killer doll and then it offshoots into the Annabelle ones, which those movies, they keep getting better. The more of them they make, the first one was horrible. And then the second and third one were actually pretty good, but mm. yeah, I don't, I don't get into the child's play stuff very much. It just never connected with me. Right. I like well, that. Um, what's the one that the dude that did the conjuring did, um, insidious he did. Is it dead silence? Yes, Death Sentence. That's, yeah, that, that one. I like that one. Um, that one was almost good. a death sentence. I'm like, that's the Kevin Bacon movie he made. <laughs> <laughs> Just a uh, fountain of film knowledge over here. <laughs> right. Alrighty, and I guess that's going to wrap it up for uh, this episode. Uh, and I guess we'll see you guys on the next one. Let's see it. Got it.